attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about the man who was the greatest real-life superhero of all time are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right? The artist formerly known as Cassius Clay. Muhammad, the black Superman, who falls to the other guy. Love this song. Catch me if you can. <laughs> I need I need some clarification. I need some information. That's a fantastic song. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali floats like, like a butterfly. Wait, that was a song about Muhammad Ali? Yeah, yeah. I used to ha- I had that single. How does a man who has really? twice met the mm-hmm. champ not know that that song exists? I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you want to hear my stories about meeting Muhammad oh, Ali? Oh, Why not? Why not? I guess time. we have to. <laughs> was it anything like when you met the uh, the the uh, the host of uh, your your kid's super show? No, don't tell, <laughs> tell me he was out of a latrine. Don't tell me he was in Vons. That's where you meet all of your celebrities. Don't go in there, kid. Adam's referring to the day I met Superhost, who was a local uh, TV host on UHF channel that showed monster movies on Saturday. I met him at a local event, and he was coming out of a porta potty dressed in his Superhost uniform. Oh no! A cigarette in his mouth. He goes, "I wouldn't go in there right away, kid." (laughs) Thanks, Superhost. The real monster is in that toilet. That's the best story. Thanks, Mean Joe. That's your version of thanks, Mean Joe. All I'll say about Muhammad is that he smelled a lot better than Superhost. Nice. (laughs) And that's because when you saw him, he was plugging a cologne, right? He was selling his cologne. That's right. Smell like a bee. But here's here's some classic Muhammad. Of course, Muhammad Ali passed away. And here's some classic Ali. I saw Sonny Liston a few days ago, Cash. Ain't he ugly? He's too ugly to be the world champ. The world champ should be pretty like me. <laughs> but that stuff was so much like crazy Amazing. back then. Amazing. Like now, you know, Kanye can go on Ellen yeah. and he'll talk for twelve minutes about himself and we go, Well, that's just rappers. Well, yeah, right. But like uh, back yeah. then, back then when someone did that, a lot of people were like, Well, okay, take it down and out. You're so right, Brian. <laughs> oh my God. You're so he right. loves himself. And I was wondering if because I've I've read his biography, I have met the champ, and I'm a big boxing fan, and what you do realize when you read his biography is that that was the first time an athlete was ever doing that and uh, saying those sorts absolutely. of things, and people thought he was out of his mind. But when we go back and we listen to that particular clip, I think we all kind of smile and go, oh, how charming, Yeah, mm-hmm. because we know now, in hindsight of 40 years later, that he was just being a big ham. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really taking himself that, mm-hmm. that. He was an innovator. He wasn't being Kanye about it. So yeah. it doesn't, uh-huh. And it doesn't seem as authentic with Floyd Mayweather. No, no, exactly. No. There's no and charm it seems, behind it. No, there's no charm. It's kind of putting it on. It seems. it seems criminal. Oh, and of course, everyone who was big back then had to go on different strokes. Hi there, Arnold. Ah. Who's that? It's me, the champ. Joe Lewis. Oh! <laughs> that little child knew Joe Lewis. This kid's delirious. He's a huge student of boxing. I didn't understand Arnold is. What was his name? Arnold? Arnold. Gary Coleman. Ar- uh, Arnold. Drummond. Drummond. Um, Armin, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Drummond. Not yeah. his original name. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Not his real name? If he was taken by a white man out of the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> stolen Ooh, stolen with his drunk. brother and taken <laughs> creepily to the... <laughs> There's a bit of trivia. <laughs> to the penthouse. <laughs> to a penthouse. Yeah. I thought it was Jackson. Was it? Oh, it was. You're right. That should be investigated. Well, <laughs> mystery solved. Thanks, Paul. All right, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire. Come with us if you want to live... You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week. Jokes, rants, sketches, previews, characters, jokes, bits, banter, special guests, planes flying overhead. 
we got a lot going on here, and you can expect that in the next hour or so as we broadcast from our studio, the Admirals Club, here in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone, uh, where we bring you our show. Absolutely. Paul, I'm sorry. Uh, this week, all I have is some loose change. It has been rolled into the $10 quarter rolls. You have will, that, those? will that be enough for today's show? <clears throat> it will, because today's show is free. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> like every show, Bart. Uh, and we're happy to bring it to you like that. And please engage with us on social media. Also, they're not charging. I don't know how they do anything. How do they get by? How does the internet make money? How does Facebook money? make money? Uh. <laughs> uh, th- th- we're there. Facebook.com slash movie guys. At the movie candy guys crush. It's a candy crush uh, uh, economy out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it drives everything. The, we're living in the candy crush economy. It's information. <laughs> they're just taking all of our information. Uh, basically, to search the movie guys on Google, Bing, or... <laughs> See Yahoo, and we come right up. As a matter of fact, <laughs> if you are in Jamestown, New York, WRFA, and you want to come and see Paul and I do the Movie Guys when we're in town in October, just contact us here at themovieguys.net, and we can get you on. Maybe um, come in and studio audience. That's right. Talk Big to filmmakers Western, in Jamestown. Western New York remote show mm-hmm. with Western New York filmmakers. Right. Coming out, making movies without the Hollywood machine behind them, and I want to hear all about it. So wow. that'll be fun. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm um, I'm your host here for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston with Karen Volpe. I'm giving myself the gift of stillness. Bart Caius. <laughs> Take this quarter, go downtown, and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. <laughs> and Adam Witt. I'm afraid of my weakened condition. I could take a nasty spell down the stairs and subject myself to further school absences. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting in the whole show, you've heard him already, is the executive producer and writer of the new Uncle Buck TV show on ABC, debuting Tuesday, June 14th. He's also been a writer for Scrubs and Mad TV. Brian Bradley! Nice. Right on. Brian, I decided to do a quote from Uncle Buck for you. Yeah, uh, the I new Uncle that. Buck. The new Uncle Buck. Oh, mm-hmm. that's why you are my favorite one. I know. I understand. <laughs> and everyone else is kind of catch uh, <laughs> up. I thought that was so funny. Uncle yeah, Buck was John in. Huh? <laughs> Wait, what? I did Uncle Buck quote. No, but mine's you him. did the OG. The, yeah. Oh, right. I did the new yeah. one. She was... quoted my words. Oh, yeah. Oh, Have I you see. ever had somebody quote your own words to you? What's that from? Oh, when Harry met Sally. Oh. Nice. You, you went a little for that. Yeah. A double quote. Welcome to Trivia Night <laughs> at the Movie Guys. Uh, as ever, we will provide a valuable service because no doubt you're curious what's going on this week at the Multiplex. Well, that's where we come in as we present spoiler-free movie previews. Summer is continuing as big-time tentpole movies hit the cinemas. I'm Questions? sorry, but am I the only one as soon as that guy goes, movie previews, then I think he just shoots off on a little rock. Yeah. Movie previews. <laughs> I'm very excited that I can hear them. I'm like a child. Every time, every time something like a sound effect happens to these, I'm like, huh? "Where's that coming from?" What? In I just fact, see Paul in a rocket. Yeah, yeah, and he had more to say, but the, he, you he, you couldn't hear him because of the vacuum of space. <laughs> his death. His death. That's he somewhere to be. He died right in me. space. He's got, people, got people waiting on him. Terrible. People wait on me. All right, so what do we have hitting the cinemas this week? It's uh, Now You See Me 2, The Hmm. Conjuring 2, and Hmm. Warcraft 1, it's safe to assume. In four years, our world has been at peace. But something is coming. I can feel it. And it's orcs. (laughs) Wait a minute. Haven't they been in other movies? Like, weren't they actually in... uh, uh, Beast of the, of the Southern Rings. Wild. Weren't those oh, right. orcs? No, those aren't orcs. But Lord, Lord of the Rings is orcs. It's like it's a yeah. goblin. It's like having I feel a goblin like that's a trademark movie. Tolkien. It's a thing. Uh, I thought so too. You can't just make an 
orc without yeah, I guess orc the token is... people getting involved. Or Lothar of no, the Hill people. I guess so, like dwarves. <laughs> like he didn't come up with dwarves, did he? No, dwarves are not his. Yeah. Those are people, Elves, Adam. I would orcs? say no. Orcs are just a piece know. of mythology? Or? I don't they know. They prefer the term little people, Adam. Not <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it was goblin. Karen is right, though. Well, there is a human Lothar. character named Lothar. Oh, oh, the the oh is that true? People. Oh, my God. I was God. Him doing the, uh, the dialogue there. Wow. Played by Travis Fimmel, who's on Vikings. Even the humans oh, oh. have Travis <laughs> Fimmel. Wait, who's he playing That's, Vikings? I, I should know that. I don't know. You don't know. I love he that He plays show. Travis Fimmel really? of the North we, Winds. Yeah. He, he, I, if it's the same dude, and I never know anybody's names because I'm a Hollywood professional. Ah. <laughs> I don't know any actor's names. <laughs> today, actually, today, I, I was watched some um, trailer for a film with Amelia Clark in it from Game of Thrones, and I had a dude, and I'm like, oh, that guy, the guy she's with, he's from um, Hunger Games. And she goes, yeah, that's a good job. You never know anybody. That's I don't know his name. It's from me before you, I think you yeah, were watching. that guy, Hunger yeah. Games guy. But anyway, I love, I love Vikings. It's good. It's Game of Thrones, um, but the, just the sex part. Oh, sex oh and fighting. there you go. Sex Ooh. and fighting. It's cut to the chase. There's not a lot of talking. There's okay. no dwarves. They're not oh, planning out attacks. Like They're just attacking. They're just attacking. Good. Yeah. Get right to the attacking. You know, I, I did see Warcraft. I know some of this room did, not to spoil anything. But I felt it was I felt it was uh, Game of Thrones, but for kids in 1975 on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that sort of movie that comes on yeah. around 2 o'clock after, makes it sound you know, after cartoons. Were Game of Thrones yeah. will never have trading cards. Warcraft will have trading cards. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. A quick announcement about some stuff going on with uh -oh. us. Uh, June 20th, if you're in the Southern California area, 7.30 p.m. at the AMC Del Amo Theater. What? In Torrance, California. We're doing stuff? That we're, is where... The we're two, leaving the garage. Yeah. <laughs> the $2 bill documentary is having a tug screening, which is, if you know, TUGG.com. Uh, it's a way for people who've made films to hold yeah. screenings Maybe. and bring the public. So he's looking at a sold-out house down there. Uh, he wants to have that. He's got, getting enough people to have the screening. You also have to have a minimum number of people, this whole tug thing, to rent a place. And it's always in some big theater. When we did the favor screening... That was at the NoHo 7. This will be again at the Delamo 18, I believe, in Torrance. He'll get one of the theaters, a guy named John Bernardo. He's a director of this documentary about the $2 bill. Oh, it sounds Just awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah, just when you didn't think that could be interesting, it is. I the trailer love it. That's yeah, exactly that's the kind of thing I'd be interested in. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, uh, if you aren't hooked right away, Strippers love the $2 bill. No. <laughs> sure. That's some high rolling if you're showering, showering with so two. Tipping with a two is like tipping with a four. It's, it's, ra <laughs> it's well, raining twos, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> Let's welcome Candy Make to the rain. stage. That's called making it sleet. Yeah, I was just thinking, making <laughs> it hail. Those off. Mm -hmm. It's not making it rain. It's Let's see some greenery on the scenery. <laughs> $2 bills are preferred. Here at Danglers. <laughs> Danglers! Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> the mailbox. Uh, so that, <laughs> go to Tug tugg.com and just put in the $2 bill documentary Perfect. and you will get all the info you need to and, buy a ticket and come out and join us. We're going to do the whole thing. We're going to be talking to the filmmakers. We'll be doing the uh, red carpet up front. And probably bits. And bits. We usually do bits. There might be a fake uh, look for one of us in the crowd. That person's going to pretend to be an audience member. That's, yeah. It's usually the <laughs> and bit. mayhem will ensue. And, and they invited us either because they appreciate that we deliver the best in, uh, in uh, movie hosting. Or perhaps they were just four seats short on that uh, limit to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to actually <laughs> Very <laughs> lean, in, lean into the first one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I say, we're not going to bring strippers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, head on over to themovieguys.net when you get a chance. A new look. Yay! Put a new look oh, on the website. Awesome. 
is redesigned a little bit. Um, and there's some great articles over there. I just posted one called Overdoing Do-Overs. It's all mm. about remakes. Uh, and I gotta write something on Civil War. I saw it the fifth time. I saw it a third time. The best. Yeah, How impressive. All right, I never mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Go to the site. Please do. I put the review up there. Yeah, if you no, got more I to say. say it's more. perfect. It's I perfect walked movie. out of there just like on fire. Like fifth time, like everything fired. I was like, geez, this is such an accomplishment. Yeah, and you what? think you'd seen it all, but you're still fired up. Yeah, right. It's crazy. Uh, Mary Gent is one of our new writers over there, and she has written mm. uh, Those Who Are Cursed, a look at Outcast and Penny Dreadful. Mm. She loves those two dark, Dark shows on television. Penny Dreadful. I like awesome. them both. Yeah, yeah. and she's uh, she wrote about those and wrote a big article on Mike Flanagan. Have you seen any of his horror films? I've heard she the thinks name. this guy's the next oh, big thing. Well, Oculus. He's got one out now, oh, Oculus, right? Absentia Hush is his new one out right oh, okay. now. Okay, yeah. And Oculus. People keep telling me is terrific. That's yeah. cool. I need to see it because that's also a uh, Blumhouse, right? Is Oculus Blumhouse? Or it's. It, I'm not sure. Maybe the font is uh, <laughs> <laughs> paranormal font. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there's a whole big thing. If you don't know who Mike Flanagan is, Mary will cool. break it down because he's uh, a next Sweet. big thing apparently. Plus, it's the film uh, Phoenix Film Festival recap that Ray Scalacci brings us every year. And Justin Bowler uh, is writing up on video games over there, which is pretty interesting. A big article about Assassin's Creed. The movie is coming, and he rates all the games and tells you why oh, Best Buy sucks. It's cool. pretty <laughs> smart of us to get involved in that video game thing. I've heard that the kids really like them. I sure. think it's going to be a big thing, so we should. Well, probably... I don't know. We'll let let's let it play out. Yeah, we <laughs> we'll see. Try uh, to get on that. I think band I think yeah. a movie based on a video game comes out every week this summer. Well, I know this the is the second one. in a row. Here yeah. we go. <laughs> Ratchet and Clank. Is that yeah. one? Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So far. Yeah. A couple weeks ago. <laughs> well, let's get to our first movie. Pixels. Everyone Adam loved that one, right? <laughs> Legendary films and script suggested productions present the latest film from the end of the world of the month club. It's Warcraft. Leroy. <laughs> it's finally time for the much-anticipated big-screen adaptation of the popular video game from Blizzard Entertainment, the creators of the highly successful World of Warcraft, also makers of the less popular and quickly canceled game Place of Peacecraft. Translation, boring. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Hard, hard, hard game to win. You just, you just have lunch. <laughs> Are you worried that Warcraft is going to have some arcane plot? Hmm. Concerned that it's going to be full of characters known only to the gamer crowd? Are you afraid that it will have a bunch of people, places, and things you can't pronounce? Well... Here is a brief summation of the movie. Draenor, the home of home world of the orcs, is dying. An orc named Gul Guldon unites the orcish clans <laughs> into an army called the Horde, leading them into the new world of Azeroth. However, the strain magic Guldon wields, the fell, requires draining life to sustain the portal. So, through sacrificing the captive Draenei, Guldon leads a small <laughs> war band to bring the whole Horde into safety. I just want to jump in if you were wondering who the Draenei are. <laughs> well, they're the last of the original Eridar who fled their home world of Argus to escape the corruption of the rogue titan Sargeras and his burning legion. Right. Oh, uh, good okay. clarification, Paul. <laughs> Thank right, you for them. that. Now I get okay, it. Okay, so uh, where were we again? I think the leaders of Unicorn and Force 5, Daily Dally and Flummox, were trying to save the land of the fate of Accompli from the evil king Manhand. Uh, not quite that. <laughs> not quite there yet, Adam. Uh, Good uh, okay, here's where we were. Despite their We've doubts, Dorotan, the chieftain of the Frost Wolf Clan, oh. his pregnant mate Draka, and his friend Orgrim Duhammer all join his initial strike force to help. You know what? I, I think I've gone on too long. Let's let's stop right there. I don't want to give away any more. Oh. But uh, suffice it to say, yes. Be afraid. Be very afraid. 
Wait, I'm wait. sorry, I fell asleep. Did you say something? Here, let me summon We're just we talking yeah. about the land of the Manchi no. cheese and their leader cahoots and that they uh, they, they cast an evil spell of It's reflux. a straightforward plot. Okay. These are why these people don't get laid because the chick's in bed. She's like, let's do this. And he's like, let me just tell you something real quick. <laughs> let me explain. The orc's homeland is dying, so they plan to move and take over a new land, the land of aerial establishing shots known as Arizon. <laughs> the peaceful realm stands on the brink of war as its civilization faces a fearsome race of invaders, orc warriors. Too soon. Paul, for the record, it's never too soon to no. use a Robin Williams drop. No, Bart, I was actually looking out for you, careful of using the word Warriors oh, well, during the you. NBA Finals. <laughs> oh, that does sting a little bit. Although we'd won by 30 points tonight. Okay, so I'll give you still oh, in the game. Okay. Stings a lot less, yes. I guess, when you put it that way. Braving the harsh realities of daylight, gamer boys and gamer <laughs> girls alike will have to leave the dark and comfortable confines of their parents' basement to venture to... Well, the dark and comfortable confines of a movie theater if they want to see their favorite video game come to animated life on the big screen. It's hard to say that this video game has been brought to life when most of this movie is animated as well. All they've really done here is take the computer-generated graphics from the video game and make them bigger and without the ability to cheat code your way to the cool parts. Feels kind of like rewriting a book and using the same words, just bigger font. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're like me and you like video games, but you stink at them because you have something that resembles a life, here's a tip to make this movie a little more fun to play. I mean, watch. Sneak a game controller into the theater with you and play along as if the movie were the game. I'm sure in the end you'll win. It's a movie, isn't it? They all win. All of the orcs in Warcraft are CGI, except Paula Patton, in an obvious attempt to appeal to the video game playing virgins of the world. <laughs> I hear what you're saying, but there's no way Duraton isn't played by Dwayne Johnson. Good point. Duraton and some of the other orcs want peace, yet always look angry. They can't help it if they have RBF. RBF? Mm -hmm. Resting beast face. Uh. <laughs> the orcs want to fight all the time, but one of them wants peace with the humans and decides to fight alongside them and not against them. Kind of like Bernie Sanders in the Democratic Party. Is the goddamn election over yet? <laughs> <laughs> and their peace mission to become less warlike is all part of their new Warcraft corporate wellness program <laughs> designed to bring less stress to employees combined with healthier diet and exercise. So you think just because this movie is based in a video game that it can't be taken seriously? Well, if that's what you think, then just listen to this. Yeah! If we do not... That's eight... Da, 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 yeah. In so a row, followed by a... <laughs> so yeah, this movie means business. <laughs> there you go. That's wow. And for the record, uh, I, I uh, think I pronounced some of those things correctly, so no hate mail. Um, I, I didn't, that wasn't part of the joke, to mispronounce these things that you love dearly. And Let me tell you my favorite. Yeah. Uh, Orgrim Doomhammer? Doom Doomhammer. You call them or Orgrim Doomhammer? Doomhammer. Doomhammer. Like Doomhammer. Well, it's Doom. Oh, it is When you say it, it sounds like a barista. It's the Swede in me coming out. It sounds like someone from the Netherlands. Gosh, I hope Deus Ex Machina saves the day. I think it's actually a snack item at Ikea, the Doomhammer. It's right up there with the meatballs. How much plot there was in that thing. There was so much plot. And yet, and yet, I didn't understand any of it. No. Spoiler, it's spoiler proof. You cannot spoil that film. Because you can't understand any of it. Well, I've already written a review that pretty yeah. much says, if you like sentences like this, Kodgar pursues Lothar... Oh, sorry, I already screwed it up. 
Kodgar persuades Lothar and Lane Rin, king of Stormwind, to consult his reclusive master Medivh, the fabled guardian about the fell. Then you're going to love this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You like that sense? You'll love this movie. But, but I have to say, like, uh, you know, obviously it's it's some unicorn crap from the very beginning, this yes. movie. It, it's unicorn stuff. you got to go in. You know, At any moment, a unicorn could show up in this movie. It's that type of movie. And... Uh, but as soon as they start, I mean, the first, and they list off a couple of those names when they start talking to each other and start saying all the Doomhammer and oh, yeah. Stormwind and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll spend the next two hours in a Yes album cover. Let's Absolutely. do this. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. It's a King, it's a King Crimson song. The whole yeah. thing. That's fine. It is. That's fine with me, too. I just, I, I think it's, you know, hilarious to me. When you really just hear it read out like that, yeah. you feel a little silly for enjoying it. <laughs> You're like, oh, no. And it doesn't seem like there's that much going on in the movie. Like, when you watch the trailer, I don't know how they're going to pack oh, all of that what no, we said. No, there's a lot of shoe leather. There is. I'm, I'm a rather savvy film goer, and I got confused in the middle of this because I guess yeah. a wizard gets corrupted by something. I had to go to Wikipedia to read what, what I just watched. <laughs> That's, not, yeah. good. That's yeah. not good. That's not good. No. Did you get confused, Adam? I know you well, saw the show. Not, not... When Medea really. gets overcome by that whatever, I was like, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, what are they it, trying to accomplish? I just take it as it is. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like everything only matters for the scene it's in. <laughs> like, like really, like, like I guess there's some things carry over, obviously, because it does hold together somewhat. But, like, everything is only like, you know, so-and-so's out to get me. And you're like, why, well, you could have said that a half hour ago. Or, you know, I mean, you know, it, it, it seemed uh, somewhat improvised. <laughs> and why is it not... Why is it not called World of Warcraft, which is what I know the video game to yeah. be? So when they came out with this, I didn't realize right it's away. The first one. Wow, they call it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's, is that true? Yeah, they love it. Yeah. No. No. I mean, it's a, the World of Warcraft thing. Obviously, is is a massive thing for people. Millions and millions, millions tens of, of millions, tens of millions. Of I'll yeah. tell you the real in monster, and there's probably filled with monsters. I haven't seen this. I've seen the trailer. But the real monster is World of Warcraft itself, because so I've heard so many marriages where, where I had one guy say to me, this is a friend of mine, like, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble with my wife. I'm like, oh, my God, what's you guys having trouble in your marriage? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm thinking another dude. Money. A money. Or maybe you know, she, the, you know, has gained yeah, weight or she's something. just being mean to the kids. No. Something. And he's like, she, she's on that World of Warcraft. She? She. She's on that World of Warcraft. I don't know. No, there's plenty of 10, 15, 20 hours a day. <gasps> you know, she's absolutely addicted. I'm abs- he was fully terrified wow. that that cuz she was so absorbed in it. You know, and then people lose their minds. I mean, they they create these characters that get sold on the open markets for real money. So, you know, because it takes a long time to build a character what the hell in there. What's going on? Yeah, out there? experience points and stuff. It is. That's why I wonder what kind of movie it'll be. Because I can only imagine that though cuz when I was a kid, my brother was older than me and his good friend Skip college to keep playing D and D. Right. Well, that's yeah. what it is. It's D and D. It's role playing. It's D and D. Yeah. From the producers of Paranormal Activity and all of its sequels, and Saw and all of its sequels, <laughs> comes a sequel that's full of things that probably <laughs> wouldn't surprise you. It's The Conjuring Two, Karen. Mm. Oh. Uh. Conjuring Two. <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> In what would become one of the most terrifying investigations of their careers, the husband and wife team of Ed and Lorraine Warren, played by Vera Farmiga and Night Owl, come out of self-imposed retirement... Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. ...to travel to North London. No, that's not the scary part. Oh. To help a single woman with four kids. Also not the scary part. Oh, man. Who lives in a house she believes is haunted. Ooh, a haunted house. Now, if... There were a way to solve that problem. I've lived in the neighborhood for several years, and <laughs> your house is definitely the most beautiful. But I have to tell you, the previous tenants said sometimes they heard screams coming from the basement. 
Okay, we'll just fill it with cement and move out of the house. You're our own drop. <laughs> In the home, they find a single mom of four kids, Peggy Hodgson, played by Frances O'Connor, who explains to the investigators that she is constantly hearing doors slamming, glass being broken, and always discovering things disappearing without explanation. Not to mention all the weird stains that keep appearing on the carpet. Mm. She is convinced that her house has something evil living in it. So, Ed and Lorraine set up camp and soon discover the horrible truth behind what's really happening in the house. Turns out, she has four kids! (laughs) (laughs) This time, the ghost-busting team investigates one of the kids, the youngest daughter, who is exhibiting the textbook definition of attention-seeking, signs of demonic possession. Now, in this (laughs) clip, the demon speaks through her to the paranormal experts. During the rectification of the Voldrana, <laughs> the drama theater was a large moving tour. Then, during the third reconciliation of the last of the McKetrick supplicants, they chose a new form for him, that of a giant slore. Many shubs and zools knew what it was to be roasted in the depths of the slore that day, I can tell you. Okay, wait, I think I, think I have the real clip oh, here. Okay. Let's play the real clip. All right. This is my home. Get out now. No, this is not your house. Hmm. All right, Table, what do you make of that? Hmm. Sounds like a clip of Michael Shannon in 99 Homes. Now that was scary. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You know, puberty hits us all in different ways. Hmm. Maybe she's just a budding impressionist. I wonder if she can do Jerry Lewis. Mm -hmm. You know, she's such a great impressionist. I bet Simon Cowell would give her the golden buzzer on Britain's Got Talent. He'd give any stupid act the golden buzzer. Zing! Oh. Doesn't matter how many times I hear that, it always sounds dirty. Yeah. <laughs> the golden buzzer. Oh my God. Yeah. I like that move. But before the two can raid the old house's kitchens for Scooby snacks, Ed and Lorraine themselves become targets of the demon. Hmm. Seems like living in that house is what leads to being possessed by demons. Gee whiz, I wonder how you solve a problem like that. This is a split level with lots of space and a wonderful backyard for the kids. The only thing some people say is haunted. Hey, then let's not buy or live in this house. (laughs) (laughs) It's like they're getting in a little rocket and just going away. According to what I've seen in the trailer, people are being haunted by Marilyn Manson. It does look like that. Just when you thought they had run out of true stories and were going to have to start making movies about completely made-up stuff, turns out new, (laughs) real stuff is happening all the time. And always has been. (laughs) So fear not, screenwriters. There are still plenty of ideas out there for you not to have to come up with on your own. Why do these films keep being made? Maybe these family-based horror films are comfort food for middle America. You think you got problems? Look at this family. (laughs) You say your mortgage is underwater? Heck, their whole basement is underwater. Hey, is your preteen daughter a demanding monster who makes everyone uncomfortable? Whose isn't? I'm sure you can relate. (laughs) <laughs> this story takes place in North London, but over there it's being marketed as a comedy. So let's hear the um, let's hear the British the British trailer. They're calling it England's Amityville. There is a family that desperately needs our help. Sign me up for that. I want to see that. I love the yakety sex. <laughs> but have you made it all scratchy and played like an old phonograph, like in what? Oh yeah. Movie? But if you've seen this trailer, or any paranormal thriller trailer, the real star of the movies is the pregnant pause monster. He's the monster that attacks you during a pregnant pause in music or sound effects where you, the audience, are most vulnerable. Like that, yeah. Who will be the first? Every time. (laughs) Who will be the first Warren to yell, I want a divorce! Vera Farmiga or Patrick Wilson Sideburn? Oh. 
<laughs> Tune in to The Conjuring oh. 2 to find out. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, the most frightening thing about this movie is their fashion. Yeah. That is what amazing. Is the late 70s, early 80s? When is Ooh. this? Yeah, it's 70s. Yeah, yeah. 70s. It's hard 70s, too. I, I love, I love, yeah. the, I love the, when they do 70s things and they're Ooh. like, they, they do the most... I look at them. Yeah. I'm like, my mother. I grew up in the '70s. Yeah, people know. wore a T-shirt and jeans. Occasionally, right. they yeah. did. They didn't always have a giant disco collar <laughs> with huge paisleys and on it. The women have these bows all yeah. over their. You're just like what? Cracks me up about the '80s too. Whenever there's an '80s movie, they dress like people on TV in the '80s. Yes. And I remember it watching TV in the '80s, going, nobody, nobody dresses, dresses like that. <laughs> Not one person. Yes. That's just the wardrobe person. They get yeah. real excited when they come in with their board, and they're like, this is so great because it's set in the 70s, and you're going to absolutely love this. Look at these collars. Aren't Avocado. They I found mustard. these collars. And, and like, well, those pictures know, a little much. And those pictures always look like the people that were drawn. I don't know if you guys ever sewed, but on the cover of the um, patterns they had of McCall's and everybody, they had little pictures of people drawn. Right. And they look ridiculous. Right. No right. one would ever make those clothes. And I think those wardrobe people go, look what I found. Oh, my God. Yeah. These are amazing. Mm. Throw in Britain. And the, yeah, these people oh. are going to look. <laughs> this macrame Special. vest is so amazing. Yes. <laughs> like, I on. actually think. Uh-oh. Get ready. I'm uh-huh. sitting down. That this looks like a good, scary horror movie. Ooh. Two things I noticed don't exist in the trailer. Get ahead. Uh, bendy girl walking down the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. you're right. And somebody drooling black goo. Nope, right. no black goo. There is something about this movie that really does harken back to Amityville horror movie yeah. right? and exorcist-type genre. It looks... Genuine. I think the original Conjuring, or the first Conjuring, was also that. Did you see uh, that? Pretty good. No, I didn't. It, um, it is like the one thing you come away with. You're like, this is a classic haunted house movie. It yes. is. Like if I, I asked like you to that. go, like, let's put on a haunted house movie. Like you really go, well, no one's really a haunted house movie. I mean, you might go back to Amityville, but it's like the Conjuring's one where it's just like, oh, this is classic haunted house stuff. Yeah. And I just heard an interview with Wong. First James Wong. Yeah, James I heard Wong. that too. Yeah. Uh, just, just, I thought you were making a joke about Wong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. James Wong. And he talked about the cinematographer, the director, director of photography that I hired. Um, and, and he was really concerned about the look of this film and making it look. And I know that sounds like a no-duh because all the other thriller, paranormal thrillers definitely have a, a sheen to them or a tip, you know, a look to them. But I think that's what makes this movie genuinely scary. The story is the same. I mean, it's it's a haunted house, a, d- a possessed girl. But what is it about this yeah, movie that game. I immediately know is going to be a much scarier film than mm-hmm. say? I think the bar is is low, honestly, for these yeah. horror movies. They're, but they are mostly, and I love horror movies, love them. Mm-hmm. But they're mostly disappointing. <laughs> they're mostly bad. Like, they're mostly shit the bed in the third act. Almost every one of them. And again, I'm like, all you gotta do is just keep scaring me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> just keep scaring me the whole time. Did, you don't have to get cute with it. Brian, did you see The Visit? Yeah, yes. Oh, there I you liked go. that yes. one. Oh, it was great. good. Insidious? I just, do you like it? I liked Insidious except mm-hmm. the third act when they go into the crazy. Oh, I, It suddenly becomes, it's like, Insidious is really great. It's like, you know, for any parent, it's like, oh my god, I hear a monster on the baby monitor. It's really, really scary. Uh-huh. And you're like, that's such a great, uh, awesome device to scare people. You know, the demon up in the corner. It's a really scary movie. And then in the third act, it suddenly all becomes very concrete. And they go into a weird, hellish toy oh, shop. Yeah. And it's like, you know, in this weird... Toy other, it's like it's like there's like a demon like, nah, I don't know what he's doing. He's oh, yeah, yeah. Something. They go into the mist and they go into the, the beyond yeah. or whatever. And he's suddenly like a real guy. And you're like, this turned into like legend all of a sudden. Like, uh, why is it like... I laughed out loud. But I thought that was like a... That's not like an Italian horror moment. Like, that, you'd see that in a Dario Argento 
into a movie. Like you the might. land of the fog where you, you can't. Might, if you're carrying a lantern in mist, I'm happy. If the whole <laughs> movie were Dario Argento, you know, I would be great. Yeah. Except the first two thirds of it are pretty standard Hollywood horror movie. And then you can't suddenly become like spaghetti horror <laughs> at the end. That's just a weird thing. But I, 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 I will recommend this movie. I don't know if you can do that on this show. But sure. um, th- um, we just saw it. I think it's out in theaters now, and you can get it on demand or on iTunes or something. Is um, the ones below? Oh, yeah. Have With you guys seen that? David Morrison? stuff is so good, <gasps> and and again, it's very small. It's very um, contained. It's it's kind of got a um, Polanski like kind it. of feel to it. And it's <laughs> we're le- all taking legit, notes. Legit Adam and scary. I. David like, Morrissey, right from Walking Dead. It is. Yeah. yeah. The ones uh, he's below. He's so scary. Oh yeah, is he one of the scary ones? Because no, it's like a good couple and then the scary couple, it, right? I know the governor. He he is. I don't know. He's just a, a creepy dude. He's just creepy out of the box. He's great. He's Something great. just occurred to me. Uh oh. Well, this is- hurry up and get it out before you can rethink it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to solve the problem before I make fun of myself. Right. right. Uh, it's called The Conjuring Two, but it has nothing to do with the other except the two. The, oh, con- the two leads. Yeah. The, the leads, right? But yeah. I the thought continuing the continuing adventure. But they're Ghostbusters. They go. They go yeah. mystery to mystery. Yeah. But I thought yeah. the Conjuring had something to do with the event that took place in the first movie. That you know they didn't. Or really is it there? Is, is there method to conjure things? Is that no, what they that, do? See, that's where oh, I'm with know. you. It, I, I feel like Conjuring is like a fake word that just sounds fancy. Yeah. It's just a fancy word. Ghost. It's like a ghost. Yeah, I don't think that, it, that, that's. Uh, I was going to write a joke about that. Like the conjuring is just like a cool sounding well, word. Conjure yeah. is a word, right? You it's know. a word. Yeah, yeah. but it's not. Uh, it's not uh, at all related. It to means to think something film. up or to make something up. Yeah, isn't it? or to or bring to, forth. to bring out, yep. bring forth, bring yeah. forth, yep. bring out. Okay, so they, they by go, magical means usually they go running around conjuring stuff. Well, they'll have a, a, a possessed person here, and they may have to conjure the spirit out of. Oh, them. okay. <laughs> See now you're. Yeah, am I working? <laughs> no, you're gonna have to. I want you to Google conjure later, but that I'll see. Okay. I'm gonna give you a. This homework. movie was uh, number one the week it opened. Really, in oh, okay. 2013, I think it was. Oh right, yeah. the original. Uh, same director, same two stars are back, and I'm curious to see up again. Warcraft, if it can hold its own. Quick mm. question before we move on. Yeah, do you, Brian, do you see these movies in the theater? Um, sometimes I do. What's it like? I have not been to the theater in decades. Oh, very often, actually. Um, what's it like to see a horror film in a theater with modern audience? Do, um, do they just ruin it? It's great. Is it? No, I think it's <laughs> terrific. It's one okay. of the joys of it if it's a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I, I'm the I am really allowed. No one will sit next to me. Mm-hmm. Like my wife or my mm-hmm. daughter will not <laughs> sit directly next to me because I'll be like, oh, sh-, like that. <laughs> I'm loud. I scream. You know, I mean, that's one of the joys of seeing a really, truly scary movie. In, in mm-hmm. But when they when they're not good, then it's just like every yeah. other bad movie. <laughs> oh, this is kind of interesting, I, guys. The Conjuring is actually can be also a performance of magical tricks that seem magical, but typically are involve sleight of hand. Okay, so oh. that also doesn't relate to the movie. I'm Pendulet. But it also, says, definition. it also says to call upon or command Did a evil, evil spirit of the devil oh, by that's invoking right. they do, a spell. They do get them out. That's what I think I know there, how you That's the, the definition. Third the one devil. down. <laughs> Third one down. Deep yeah, cut. It's not the first or second definition. No, it's definition. not. It's a deep cut. The power of Christ will compel somebody. It that. will. It always <laughs> does. Oh, that's a good one. And since right. I love the first one, I will go see this. I will also see it. I'm, I'm not, I don't know why I'm oh. fronting. I'm going to see it. And I, I, for some reason, as a big horror fan as I was, I haven't seen a lot of them in the theater recently. Right. Uh, that was all I wanted to do when I was a teen. But now uh, I, I don't see that many. And then I just, one Halloween got caught up on all the Blumhouse movies. Like right. I got caught up on Insidious and uh, what's the one with Paranormal the, Activity. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you see um, The Gift? 
The gift is great. The gift, the gift yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just really they're fantastic. And I was like, I'm gonna, I, I like Those everything. Those dudes got to dial down. So when like the Gallows came out, I go, I'm just gonna go see it. I don't care. I don't even care. I mean, we talked about it here, but and I went and and I, I realized like, ah, oh, I got to go to more horror movies because which is better, baseball at the stadium or watching on TV? Yeah, <laughs> it's mm. like it's baseball in the stadium. It's such a it's such a we're all in this together. True, it's dull on and, and even even bad horror moments where we all know the game. We start to kind of laugh halfway because we go, I know what they're doing here, yes. and then we all go, ah, you know. But it's we kind of knew. It's I think <laughs> that's really that's insightful, true. Adam. And I think mm-hmm. that also to add another level to that is whenever you go to the theater, inevitably you're going to have to then walk to the car. Yeah, and it's dark, <laughs> and you have to get home and then we get from the house to the apartment of our- I don't like going down the hallway in my house yeah afterwards. it's I a get- movie extender but once you're away from home you gotta get home I know yeah. man Oh, oh, it's That's good. Fun. Yeah, you're not going to the beach after Jaws, but nope. uh, you're going to have to go home in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> no matter what, if you <laughs> get out what, at night. What's yeah. the one that was out recently that was sort of a riff on '80s? Um, like it had like an '80s like synth soundtrack to Ooh. it, almost like from a Commodore 64 made it. It follows. It follows. Uh, nice, Paul. Good yeah. pull. Good, Good team, you guys. Score, I, I haven't even seen it, but some pe- oh, you're not the first person to comment on the well, score. Well, they like the score. Uh, they say it's full John Carpenter. Um, oh, I cool. think you guys would like that movie. Too. I that, would. That yes. was really super scary. What was it called? It follows. It follows. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. I've heard very good things from notable sources. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's get to our final film. Also, <laughs> source is very close into... to you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> source is very close to oh, me. Shoot, what was it called again? <laughs> it follows. <laughs> I forgot. That's an important sounding phrase I should use more often. Sources close to me are saying. I'm literally. Really, that's just I'm saying. Literally, like, right next to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, thank What's you, your last thank movie, you, Donald Paul? Trump? <laughs> Our final film is Now You See Me 2, the sequel to the blockbuster movie I'll Never Watch. Nothing against it. I just know deep down that's probably on the list. Uh Uh-oh. Adam, I have to believe you didn't see it either, yeah? That's correct. All right. Well, we may not be qualified to talk about the sequel, but let's Mm -hmm. do it anyway. Here we go. Now, Paul, I'm told by people whose opinion I don't respect that the first Now You See Me is really a lot of fun. Yeah, just like the last time you saw Now You See Me, when you see Now You See Me 2, also, this time you'll see amazing tricks as well. Two. Illusion, Michael. Mm, trick is something a whore does for money. <laughs> yes, the four horsemen are back, and you thought they disappeared, or wished they had, or forgot about them completely. Until now! Yes, the four horsemen, hot off driving the box office for their last Vegas act, X-Men Apocalypse, it's up, up to a worldwide gross of $400 million. They're back to try and add on another 30 or 40 by appearing in Now You See Me Too. <laughs> the four horsemen are actually a troop of magicians and something of a Robin Hood act. Like Bernie Sanders, they take money from the rich and, well, simply make it disappear. Ouch. In the first film, which was as confusing as it was confusing, <laughs> they stole from some rich guys, giving the money away, and then they blamed it on the black guy. Wow. <laughs> It's true. That's what happens in that. Oh, movie. my God. They were able to rob people because nobody knows how their tricks work. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing just what anybody would do if they could do magic, steal things, and get laid. Yeah. David Copperfield was a chump. He could do magic, and all he used it for was to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Ah, then again, he did marry Claudia Schiffer. Mm. I would like to retract what I said. <laughs> <laughs> this time around, however, the four magicians have been tricked. Get it? Tricked into using their magic for evil instead of... Well, I'm sure magic could be used for good sometimes, but I can't really think of an example right now. <laughs> kids' birthday parties? Sure, they use their <laughs> magic for evil instead of kids' birthday parties. Good one, movie guy. Now you see me too, still not seeing you. Stars Jesse Eisenberg, returning Whoa. to the big screen, fresh off his performance in 
Maybe I should reconsider saying I like J Jesse Eisenberg. Now the cameras are waiting at your ship for the world to see the holes in the holy. Yes, the Almighty comes clean about how dirty he is when it counts. To save Martha, bring me the head of the bat. So all those of you who wanted Jesse Eisenberg to disappear after Batman vs. Superman, wish granted. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him in The Social Network, but now I look back and wonder if some of the credit belongs to the greatest writer and director working in movies today. Yeah. Yeah. They've added a new cast member as well, Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe. The question is, are audiences ready to buy Daniel Radcliffe doing magic? <laughs> <laughs> now since they've added a new member, this movie does qualify to be a T.O.O. sequel. What? Now you see me as well. Oh. Mm. Uh, and, and, and so I'm just going to go ahead and enter that into the great book of just okay thoughts. <laughs> right under things I'd prefer movies to be. Radcliffe's not the only new actor on the team. They now have to replace two beautiful women from the first film, Isla Fisher and Melanie Laurent. Hmm. How do you do that? Wow. Well, enter Lizzie Kaplan. Oh. Yowza. <laughs> she takes over for Fisher, specifically, uh, who we're guessing saw the sequel coming and pulled the vanishing act. We jumped off a rooftop in New York. Where the hell are we? We landed in China. Morgan Freeman is in this movie, but unlike Shawshank, the tunnel they escape through doesn't take them into the sewer. It takes them to China. Same thing, really. People who work <laughs> in Lionsgate <laughs> marketing and some of their immediate family and friends are calling this film NYSM2, which <laughs> sounds like a dopey boy band. <laughs> The character posters featuring individual actors surrounded by glitter and lights with NYSM2 Come emblazoned on. and hip cool font no. made me think there was some new Dave Franco <laughs> album coming out. <laughs> NYSM2 disappearing from theaters this summer. Hey! <laughs> wow. Oh, man. That NYSM2. is too cool okay. for school. So when this came out, it came out number two at the box office, but still what? to the tune of like yeah, 40 no. million. Wow. 41? This 41 is the, ori the original. Yeah, Dang. the original. I think this and The Conjuring were like February movies, but now they're... No, no, this they were both summer. Oh, oh were they? This didn't beat Fast and Furious 6, I think, at the okay. time, uh, which was had huge numbers. But it hung out in the second place at second week, so it had legs. It went on to earn about 113 mm. million. Kidding me. Uh, mm. And The Conjuring went on to earn about 128 million. So these are both hits. On that budgets are now of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're now going up against Warcraft, so I don't know what's going to win the weekend. Probably Warcraft is because it's a say. big spectacle, but I mean, these movies... Conjuring could do well, though. Yeah. I, I think this thing... Oof. Conjuring opened with a bigger weekend than Now You See Me back in 2013. Right. Brian, did you like, see the first uh, Now You See Me? Uh, no. It is uh, It is kind of a mess and kind of a disaster. I, oh, really? I hear it falls apart at the end. It just completely <laughs> falls oh. apart. Yeah. It well, was on my TBS report a few weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a movie you don't want to watch on TV because it Jesse doesn't Eisenberg, need to last that long. I think we can all agree, sucks. He's terrible. Oh yeah, God, well, he's really just good. good in the end of the tour last year. Right. Was about he? David Foster Wallace oh, with okay. Jason Segel. Right. Uh, and advent hmm. Adventure. Maybe I'll see that right? Adventure. Well, yes. Is, is he good film. in that? He was yeah. terrific. He was okay but in Zombieland. Great in but Zombieland. He's, like, great in Zombieland. I, he's I, okay in Zombieland. I think he he may have someone may have whispered to Jesse, your. A, you're good at this, and he may have believed them because yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't have what an actor needs, which is a huge pit 
that needs to be filled with your love anymore. When you hear him interviewed now, Jesse Eisenberg, it, it's it sounds like the like the douchiest college professor <laughs> talking. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're just that guy that was just terrible in Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you need to take a break. You need to just take a little break, Jesse. You know, there is a video out there when I was watching these trailers uh, from the set. Someone went to the set of Now You See Me 2 like, oh, and played God. this video at la- the end of last year getting you hyped up for it coming out. And they're like, wow, so Now You See Me 2, you're back in the set with everybody else. How's it feel? Well, you know, I think the fans made the first one hit, so we're back for another round. You know, it's like, yeah, you're like, Dave Franco, what do you think? Uh, you know, it's good. I'm like, wow, is anyone excited about this? Uh, oh, I like Dave Franco, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't care much for it. For it, and I, again, I, I didn't see the film. I don't know why I'm saying I, I'm so throwing so much hate at it, but it's just everyone that I ever talked to about this film was like, that was a real shit, <laughs> and I'm like, how does this get part two? Because oh, it made a ton of money on a ten million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah. And um, by the way, Warcraft. I don't know why. It just uh, well, every, I think every time I say this, something is a smash hit. Seems First soft. of all, it's already made one hundred ten million dollars overseas. So. Right, China. China. Right, because that doesn't have to make any sense. Gee, why did Legendary sell off to China? Because China's, I mean, making all the money for That's their correct. movies. That's correct. So I, I just wow. Just had a thought. Okay, so whenever you watch magic on TV. There is the understanding that it can be completely fake because you right. can say I'm going to take a deck of cards out in the street and just keep yeah. guessing until I get it right, and is then we trick? just show that yeah. right. So that magical element of magic really fooling you is gone right. when you do it in a way that's videotaped or captured on film. This is a film about magic, so why can we care? There's no, no because, believability be, because that's why. Because they can do CGI crazy stuff. Who that cares then? Could, but the magicians could never do those. Right. Just like an archer doesn't go fight crime, but I'll watch a movie about it. I guess like archers so. Are, archers are boring, but I'll watch Robin Hood. I, well, but, they're, but they're like super CGI. But, but I, I expense in the, in the magic. The, hate to be trying to figure out how but they the magic did it. Of the magic is clearly it's a special effect. Yeah. Whereas if they yeah. were. Doing quote like real if you were magic in the room, but, but, you'd yeah. be like, "Oh, how they but, fucking do yeah. that?" Yeah, exactly. But it's not like they CGI that he got the right card. They do these huge things, you know. Right, but like, I mean, like, even that is big but, tricks. I think. But I guess like Giant. watching like um, watching superheroes fly around to me is exciting because I know that they can't really fly around, but people can do magic. Well, no, they can't. But they can fool well, you when you're oh, there, oh, and yeah, you can really believe it, and it can mess with your mind to the point where it makes you crazy. Paul gets like that. When he's watching Up Close Magic, it makes you nutty, because you're like... I've stepped away. We have David Minkin in the studio, and it's he amazing. freaked me out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he made the car but th- but float this, out of the deck. But, but I, I think we'd all agree this movie's not trying to present the experience of seeing a close-up magician oh. in person. It's, to, it's doing, like, big I think they missed that. Stuff. I think they missed like, that. Like, you can't drive a car out of a... Well, skyscraper. I'll tell you Again, this. I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect to be fooled by I've, that in real life. I expect I, to be fooled by the floating card in real life. Yeah, like I've been to the Magic Castle and I've been fooled yeah. in real life. And yeah. it's, sure. I haven't seen the car fly well, out so anywhere. So for Magic fans, to her point, I think, to, for Magic fans, don't go see this movie. You know, you're not gonna. You know what you enjoy about magic, you won't see. Exactly. Just, all like this is, is just the same if you con see man magic, trope that you would see. And it's like it's like Ocean's Eleven, but with like puffy. Shirts and yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> actually, actually, you know, fuck yourself. <laughs> fuck you, movie. Sorry, Western New York. All right, enough movies. Enough of the new movies. Real potty mouth. <laughs> Seriously, enough of these movies. Yeah. yeah. Let's get to uh, talk uh, talking about TV shows. TV yeah. shows, specifically Uncle Buck, created for television, executive produced and written by this week's guest, wow, who is also wow. a producer on Happy Endings and a writer for Mad TV and Scrubs. There's much wow. to talk about with our guest Brian Bradley. Yay! Yay! 
Now, Brian, I, awesome. I, for one, am interested in writing and executive producing a sitcom. How would one go about that? <laughs> How does that happen? How do you get that done? You just apply, just filled out an application. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Did you go on Craigslist for that? Yeah, yeah, I answered an ad and just showed up. <laughs> but seriously, how does this project come about for you? Uncle Buck? Yeah. Um, so this one came about um, so, uh, where where I'm homed with my writing partner, Stephen Craig. I did not do this on my own. Um, you know, two, we, men. two men. Two <laughs> men. Um, we, we were at Universal uh, TV, which is the studio that sort of mainly feeds NBC, but also other places. Which, by the and way, I want to say you are an industry professional because earlier you called them uni. And uni. If you, and if you call Universal uni, uni, you are in the industry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Pretty gross. Um, pretty gross. And, and they they um, paired us up with, uh, in other words, they introduced us with this guy, Will Packer, who you'll know is a producer of shows or movies like Ride Along and uh, Think Like a Man and um, Straight Outta Compton and um, Roots recently on TV. So Will Will uh, wanted to you know he had the managed to talk them out of the rights <laughs> or to letting him use the Uncle Buck um, rights which Universal had and he wanted to to do a reimagining of the show with a black family and with a um, with Uncle Buck being played by a hopefully a big famous um, you know black comedian and um, so he needed two see through white guys almost <laughs> see through white guys to do it I love that he went to you guys because you can bring all that authenticity to the that's, table that's true I know it's what you know he, he had um, he'd been a fan of other scripts and uh, that we'd written um, and we said the same thing Karen we were like <laughs> as we sat in his office we're like first of all when we sat in the office he was real like no one told us what we were there for like I remember, we go in a lot of meetings, and you well, go, you go into some, you usually have some idea. And I get, I remember just casually asking, especially that time of year, they'll send you around to meet with people, and um, you know, I was like, well, what are we going over here? What's this one for? And they're like, um, so just go over to the. <laughs> The offices are in Hollywood, and the parking will be validated. And you're like, okay. That's half the battle. I'm yeah. there. Hey, if yeah. there's parking, go. Yeah, I know. So you go, you park, and go in there, and, and like, you know, we're like, well, they're going to tell us when we walk in the room. We go in, we meet Will. Um, we're talking with he and his uh, producing partner, uh, Corinne Huggins. And, um, you know, finally, about 10 minutes into the thing, <laughs> I went, I just need to stop you right now. I, I honestly, what what are we doing here? <laughs> Someone needs to tell me because yeah. this is starting to feel like I'm getting punked. And and they and they said uh, they told us what it was. And we our next thing, our first thing was like, do you want to do Uncle Buck? And we're like, yeah, that sounds terrific. We'd love to do that. And then they're like, um, my my question to you is, do you want two white guys doing this version of it? And he had a long, wonderful explanation for why. And um, you know, we just we just put together a, a comedy that was. Sort of, uh, you know, uh, not about race necessarily, but about comedy and about and about this relationship. So yeah, that's how that one came about, and and we set about trying to find a star. Have you ever been in one of those meetings where they've told you what it is, and you went, "How the hell am I going to write that?" There's no way I can do that. No, <laughs> but you're never going to say no, right? You're no. never going to say no, no. no. I, I, but like, do you leave the meeting? Run screaming. No, you so almost screwed. always have to be polite. Like yeah. I remember when I'm one. I won't even say who this person is. This is a famous television actor who has a Alan Alda. Not Alan Alda. Are we not guessing? No, you can guess. <laughs> but he, he, you know, so I was I'm, I'm always excited to meet him. Me too. You know, like oh, we can meet this guy. Jack Klugman. and his producing partner, Jack Klugman. It was Jack Klugman. <laughs> Tony Randall. <laughs> Cesar Romero sat there. <laughs> just keep going with Cesar Romero. Yeah. I just want to I'm imagine visualizing. Story that way. Cesar had a great idea. <laughs> 
Um, but he's not shaving his mustache. But it was the crazy. I won't even say what it is. It was the craziest idea. And you're instantly either two seconds into it, and you just start sweating inside your body. Like you're like, I, I gotta get out of here. I can't. There's no way I can do this, or I'll ever do this. But then you find yourself going. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep chatting about it, and I we'll do need a new car. And, yeah. yeah. I'd love to put a new bedroom on the house. This sounds really good. I, I can make. Yeah. This no. That's. There's just no way that I'll ever leave. do that. Just nod and he'll let you leave. <laughs> Occasionally, you do get them. Mostly. Most of the ideas are okay. Mostly, cool. you don't. You're they don't have ideas. Like mostly, you're going yeah. to put people. This is one of the rare things you'll go to a lot of these. What do they call non-writing producers, and um, you meet with them. They also have my have deals with Universal or Uni, and mm-hmm. and um, you know they're they're you're going in there hopefully because they have what they'll. Again, they very elegantly call IP. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they might have Bunkle Buck or a book or something like that, and you and you're like. Um, you know, something for you to work on, mm-hmm. and mostly they're just waiting for you to like pitch them something. Like, well, I don't want to pitch it to you because <laughs> yeah, because then they'll take it. Well, no, they'll 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 go with you along oh, the okay. way. But you know, I can. Why do I want another set of notes from somebody else? Good point. You know, <laughs> yeah. a, a non-writing writing partner. Oh, those are the worst people uh, to no. give you notes too. Although, although I have worked with many that are good, but some of them are are absolutely not. And they and they often don't have good. Ideas. I want to uh, uh, retract my earlier statement. I want that job, the non-writing. I know that's the, yeah. that's the job. I yeah. that's the job. The you writing want. executive just, producer sounds like a lot of work. You just wait for yes. somebody to give you product and then yeah. comment on it. Yeah. They all yeah. got kind of a sweaty feeling to them too, because they're all like, "Okay, so you love your writing, and uh, we need to." Do something for our deal as well. What are you guys working on? <laughs> Feel their hot breath. <laughs> Just say it. Just say what you're doing. So, did wow. you go to Upfronts? Uh, for Uncle Buck, I did. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. is that where Jimmy Kimmel then has to talk about your show? Well, does he talk about every show? Because I know he's like no. the host of Upfronts. No, he? no, no. He's the host for ABC's Upfronts. He was hilarious. So they and they, but they present the Upfronts are when they present all the shows to advertisers. Yeah, right? for the un, uninitiated in your audience, the clearly up, not me. <laughs> <laughs> the Show Upfronts, on. the Upfronts are so like after they choose which shows are going to go to series every year, mm-hmm. um, after a long arduous process, um, they they choose them, and by the middle of May. They have to do it kind of by then. They'll go to New York. All the networks go there, the big ones anyway, and also a lot of the cable ones too. We'll go there, and they are um, presenting their new schedules to the advertisers who, in our case, you know, we went into uh, uh, Kennedy, uh, Kennedy Center. Um, yeah, Kennedy Center. That's where we were. I'm sorry. And you go in there. and You can you, tell because the Ghostbusters fountain is out front. That's Lincoln Center. Oh, that's Lincoln Center? Sorry. <laughs> you were so, right. It was a center. It's a center. And, and you're sitting in there. I mean, we're right in the front row. And you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then it's just all, it's it's a thousand advertisers, yeah. you know, their executives behind you. And um, stars and things like that as well. And then, yeah, Jimmy comes out and he's sort of the host. And uh, he he actually is doesn't riff on the current like the shows that are coming up, but he'll riff on what's been happening on the network, and he's pretty free about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they let him have a lot of latitude, and he's absolutely hilarious. The super funny guy. Yeah, he was yeah. on Howard Stern, uh, I think, just before he went to do that. Yeah. <laughs> he's talking about, you know, Howard's like, well, what are you going to say? Oh, we're going to have some fun. You know, he does. Talking about all the riffing he was going to do. He's a delight. Yeah. yeah. With all the advertisers there, is it like, are the big advertisers like the cool kids in the room, like tied with like color safe <laughs> bleach is like, 
just like a football yeah, player. Yeah, right. Oh, but look like, at the Tide group. They always get you know, those seats. Yeah. God, they have such a they have a big block. Uh, those Tide people. No, it's um I don't know. They all it's all like, you know, advertising agencies like, you know, yeah. Gammers and Hammerstein. So you were required to do Ampersand anything? Ampersand. No, no, no. No, as a writer, Paul, um, you are what we call invisible. So. <laughs> you're EP as well. So the only thing they want to see are the stars in the right. show, which yeah. they do. They, they, they cart the stars out and bring them all out. And in this case, uh, uh, the, the, the craziest thing was Mike did. Our star, by the way, is Mike Epps playing mm-hmm. Uncle Buck. Yeah. And Mike and Kim, Kim Jong came out and did a little bit because they'd been in Hangover together, which was pretty funny. Um, and there were some other little things. But at the end, they, uh, someone from ABC comes out and she says, blah, 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 blah on ABC because this is how we do it. And then Montel Jordan, Montel Jordan leaps, Uh. (laughs) leaps onto stage. I guess he's still available and he's singing. This is how we do it. And then, and then awkwardly, all of the stars from ABC's new and old shows, um, come out and have to dance awkwardly. And my favorite one ever was, um, What's her name? Oh, God. Um, Joan Allen, <gasps> who looked like she'd rather be anywhere else. Oh. Anywhere else. Getting, a, a, you know, getting some sort of scope done at the doctor. <laughs> she, 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 she was just something sort of inserted. shuffling, shuffling oh. from side to side. God bless her. Beautiful doing? woman. Legend of the American stage, two-time Oscar nominee. Having to oh. dance to This Is How We Do It. <laughs> Although, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood is a place where dreams come true. How great would it be in real life if when you said This Is How We Do It, just suddenly, you know... <laughs> Everything bursts into. <laughs> yeah, you're thinking of. I think you're still thinking of that magic movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I, I would feel. use magic for. Wait, so now for for the uninitiated to the world of Uncle Buck, what's yes. the story? Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, for those again who don't know Uncle Buck, a great film by John Hughes, starring John Candy in one of his most mm-hmm. hilarious roles. Uh, he's a ne'er do well uncle who, in the film, is um, has to. There's an emergency in the family. His brother calls him because they have nobody else. He comes from Chicago uh, to the Burbs, as all John Hughes films <laughs> are, take place. To and, Sherman, and, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, actually, I think it's Pasadena. <laughs> and, um, and, they, and he takes care of the kids who don't want – who are kind of a – they're kind of a troubled family. They're going through a hard time, and they have a sort of, um, you know, typically snotty teenage daughter and a couple of crazy kids, including Macaulay Culkin. I think it might have been his first or second film. And um, the younger, oh, I forgot her name. Um, she's Gabby Hoffman. Gabby Hoffman on. Um, she's on Transparent now. Um, she played the little little girl uh, in in that film, Maisie. And um, yeah, he has, he goes through hijinks as he babysits, and he's really kind of trying to at the same time avoid uh, his girlfriend who wants him to kind of get a real job and come work mm. at her her shop. And who in yeah. your show is hilarious. Yes, yeah, it, she is right. Up oh yeah, that's she Regina is. Hall. Oh, Regina She's Hall, fantastic. She she came and did that as a favor, I think, oh, probably to cool. Will, um, because it's just a little spot. We and, and she's absolutely hilarious in it. Yeah, so we 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 basically took that idea. We thought there's no reason to mess with that. That's a great setup for a series yeah. as well. The the difference in ours, uh, aside from the you know ethnicity of the family, um, is is that it's. You know, he comes, his life is cratered, Buck's life is cratered, and the family is needing help. And mm-hmm. they they come to the conclusion that maybe Buck can stay and help take care of the kids as both of the parents are, are working. So, you know, he's sort of from inner city Chicago. Um, he's really from sort of south side of Chicago, and he's going out to the burbs. 
um, to live, you know, live with his brother who's an architect and has this very upscale life. And so he brings a lot of that energy to it as well. That sort of differences between those two lives. And the brother is the, from Las Vegas. What's James Lashore. Yeah, I like him too. Unbelievable. Yeah. Now in the movie, Buck had this kind of odd ability to be a really good parent, right? So in the movie, yes. he, he was kind of a yeah. kind of yes. a failure as as a as a man and a, and <laughs> a little a professional bit. <laughs> but he was a great parent well, did he, you carry that over into this absolutely I've, having watched it i will answer that question you can oh, see it on because right much now. like we saw warcraft you have seen i uncle have buck. seen uncle buck and i want to say uh that you've managed to capture the uh what i love so much about the movie is the fact that this man who you wouldn't think had any parenting skills right. is just parenting by th- what is it just seems essentially right and how to treat people <laughs> correct. with no games. And he's straightforward and he takes care of them because the girl is in danger. She shouldn't be alone with a boy. Right. I'm going to stop that. Right. Don't talk back to me. I'm your uncle. Show yeah. me some respect. No games. No this thing that parents do now where they have to like... Maybe it's because he's the uncle he can get away well, with it. Care, but there's no making you, deals with the kids. No, there's no helicopter parenting. No helicopter parenting. <laughs> no, not this, that's totally... I lo- he treats I'm so them, glad that comes I like across. that. Yeah. yeah, it totally does. Because I think when we were thinking about Uncle Buck, a huge part of it for us was, you know, what's an, an advantage of this film, when it was... The film came out in 1989. That's the year I graduated high school. And, and you know... Uh, it was really a, a parents like we had, yeah. you know. Uh, I don't know everyone's ages, but that's like parents that you know we we had. So um, now parents have changed quite a lot, yeah. as I know. I'm, yeah. I am I am the you know the father of a millennial, and I will tell you, oh, ouch, ouch, sorry. you know, well, she's a delight, but yeah, but still, <laughs> but still, ouch. Um, you know, is is it's changed so much, and Buck is a little bit of an antidote to just what you're talking about, which is this sort of progressive parenting you know this this sort of new parenting a little bit he doesn't really take a bunch of crap Mm -mm. and but at the same time i think he also was fun and we wanted him to be fun for the kids so that's sort of one thing they were sort of missing in their life for all their advantages Mm -hmm. they were missing the sense of fun and danger we wanted to have an like the best most fun uncle who's totally subversive moves into your house and that's what your life's going to be now. It's going to be dangerous sometimes, but it's going to be fun. I got the sense of we're all in this together, too. Yeah. Because they things happen, and they have to get back before the parents. And instead of running in and saying, oh, Uncle did this and all these terrible things, and he shouldn't be here, they all have a secret to keep. And sometimes that kind of idea of having to yeah. step up and take care of each other gets them, obviously, closer. And they start to learn respect for other people. I think the kids were learning to respect that boundary and you that get, connection. You get, you get me. I loved it. I'm telling you, I am you hooked. Get me. You get me. For, example, for real. That's what we were hoping for. That makes me so happy. Yeah. When Buck is out with the kids and he gets a phone call, this happens. Oh. Well, a prostitute taught me to twerk. Let me call you back. <laughs> and, and that scene is handled well, too, because the prostitute is adorable. Yeah. She's not scary. It's an ABC prostitute. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. and that little girl's learning to dance. It's very She's cool. twerking. Yeah. It's very cool. Did you oh my ever God, the use the words amazing. Bernie Mac to describe your <laughs> your character or your uh, dynamic? No, but it has been used many, many times. And by the way, full I'll, I'll own it. Full inspiration, you know, the opposite yeah. there is Bernie takes in these kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, um, that show is unbelievably underrated. Bernie Mac? I Bernie was a Mac. huge fan of that. Unbelievably underrated. Especially, you know, and again, it's very different. And that's, you know, in the black community, 
you know, Bernie Mac is revered. It didn't get a lot of love because it wasn't on a major network. And but but he was doing things there that were unbelievably funny. And I'll say this: I I, I have many friends who write uh, for for the show Blackish, and I think it's a great show. It's on our network. Um, they did the inward episode this last year, which was tremendously mm. good, unbelievably good. But as a fan of Bernie Mac, you know they did the inward oh, yeah. oh. episode. You know. Bernie a, de- a decade ago, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think it's a comparable episode in a lot of ways. In some ways, it's a little edgier. Um, although I love what they what they did on Blackish as well. But yeah, so I I, I, I own it. I'll I'll say if we if we can get any percentage of what Bernie Mac is into the show, yeah. I'll be happy. That's cool. Yeah, well, and he's kind of a buck type character. He's not going to take any crap. He's not going to well, play by yeah, any of those rules. Thinking, I mean, that's that's that's, that's, yeah. uh, that's Uncle Buck as well. Yeah. Uh, here, here's another clip. This involves oh. uh, pretty much everybody. Okay. You know, I just got my beautician's license. Tasha been to beauty school, and she been to refrigerator college. If you want a license, <laughs> I can hook you up with a new do. You would? Mm-hmm. Hey guys, check me out. Whoa. It's different, but you know, you just gotta own it. I'm just trying to work it and own it. Work it and own it. Macy likes it, don't you, baby? Yeah, I like it. It looks like I drew you. Okay. <laughs> it looks like I drew you. <laughs> that's that's uh, that clip features uh, the great Nia Long, who uh, yeah. you know is from Friday movies and every other film in the world. An unbelievable fashion icon, beautiful woman, and and now and she's in Keanu recently uh, with Key and Peele, and uh, she, you know, plays that role. She's such a beautiful woman. She plays it so well. And in that in that clip, you know, they've gone back to the south side of Chicago. She wants to feel down. She's always feels like she's sort of a bougie person mm-hmm. a little bit. And she she wants to feel like, OK, in the hood a little bit. And this woman offers to do her hair and she comes back with this insane. <laughs> she looks like my little pony <laughs> my or little something. Pony. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's such a it's such a joy. That episode was an bl- um, unbelievable blast. Uh, there was a. Two things you captured from Uncle Buck, the movie. I felt like you really captured some of the feeling of the 80s, uh, the scene where he pulls up in his car slash cab (laughs) and he's looking for his girlfriend. and He's trying to make a decision what he's going to do. There's just something very 80s about that moment. And then I also one of the things I love about the movie Uncle Buck is when the girl is alone with the guy and she's in danger of being in a rapey situation. It's kind of rapey. Um, I love the fact that Uncle Buck came in and pulled her out of there because as a girl, you kind of want to not be in that situation, but you got to be cool and you want to be with your friends and right. you kind of want an adult man to stop it so that you don't have to be the one, but someone protects you. It's kind of like a knight in shining armor. And yeah. I thought you captured that moment so great and you even captured it really well before the guy got rapey whenever he sees him outside and brings the hose outside yeah. and just starts spraying him like he's trying to get dirt off the lawn. <laughs> I loved that moment. Well, I hope people will enjoy it. We really wanted it to be, you know, like up- update some of the stuff that from the 80s. We, we kind of made her as strong as we possibly could. That, yeah, that role. I like that. Um, uh, the role of Tia is played um, by Amon Benson, who's this is the first thing. It's not her first thing ever, but it's her first TV show. She's out of Atlanta. Oh, she's great. Um, we found her on tape, and she was... You know she's so talented, and she really grows in the episodes. Cool um, throughout, and and she is so funny in that thing because she's kind of nerdy. We mm-hmm. wanted a sort of nerdy, uh, different than the film where she's sort of this mean, nasty kind of pr- typical '80s teenage girl. You know, um, you know, we wanted her to be sort of this nerdy, ambitious, p- 
pre you know pre millennial. Mm. You know she's she's she she's uh, ambitious and nerdy and not quite getting social stuff. So we wanted to put her in that situation, and have her be strong and kind of brave, and and have to sort of broom this guy out. I I mm. like that, and I saw that, and I also saw that she still is, wants her friend. She still wants people to like her. I got that sense too. Like yeah. I'm smart and I'm going to stick up for myself, but. Gosh, I hope I'm going to be like by the cool kids. <laughs> yeah, she wants to be cool. That was cool. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, do you have the, jumping from? I should say June 14th, 7:30 p.m. Yeah. ABC. So, uh, no nine. Nine? Oh, nine good. It has to be a little oh. later. It's Wait, a little edgier. It's a little edgier. Okay, it's a little edgier. There's yeah. no, there's no shows on at seven thirty. And what they're doing, <laughs> what they're doing right now is, um, we're sort of summer show. The ABC's rolled it out in kind of a strange way. Um, they're they're actually doing back to back episodes, new episodes for four weeks. So you only have four weeks to see it, so we need everyone to kind of come and see it as soon as possible. Mm. Um, so you'll see new two new episodes each week, um, uh, starting on June fourteenth at nine o'clock. But, you know, right after the basketball, which is going to be. Oh God, is that I'm, a good I'm, lead in? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. I'm, I can I, and I, I don't really care about basketball, but I, I've never hoped for two two teams to make it to the finals more in my entire life. Because <laughs> that's the big ratings. You know, it's Golden <laughs> yeah. State and Cleveland. So yeah. you're like, oh, God, that's great. And then like tonight, I'm like, do I want Golden State to win tonight? I actually think I do. And then I want Cleveland to come back. And then you know I want this to I want it to be the games to be stretched. Everybody out. watch ABC all week, please, <laughs> all week. please. Yeah, that's uh, really cool. So outside of that, you wrote for Mad TV. Yep. Well, who was your cast, or was it a number of different casts? No. Uh, well, there was. Yeah, I was on three years. Um, the the consistent people were Key and Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, we had who we had Michael uh, McDonald. Michael McDonald. He was there forever. Right? Bob, Bobby Lee. Oh yeah. Uh, Nicole Parker. Um, Ike Barinholtz. Oh, cool. Um, you know, over the years, no, Josh wasn't on when I was there. He'd left. Did you get Nicole? Artie Lang? Artie was before me. Oh, that's way. Um, oh, okay. We also had um, who else was on there? Um, uh, see, Lauren Pritchard. Um, you know, Lauren Pritchard, who, who was a mutual friend of ours. Eric Price. Uh, you know, Matt Bronger came on yeah. at the end. Super funny. I think that was Matt's first thing. Um, How did yeah. do they have legendary writers' room stories like you hear about <laughs> SNL? Is there well, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, SNL is a little different. It's Rich Tallarico writing. Oh, Rich we was know there. Him from Chicago. Yeah, we the writers were the writers were really kind of an exciting group too, um, because you know Colton Dunn, who's now on Superstore, yeah. um, was there. Katie Dippold, who wrote The Heat and Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and she was on Parks and Rec for uh, as a writer for years. Um, she she was there when we came in together. My writing partner Ryan Smith, at the, my writing partner at the time, Ryan Smith, and I. We came in that year, um, you know. So it's a great, great, funny group. Michael Hitchcock from the all the, oh. um, you know, the, the hall, right? Uh, no, Michael Hitchcock is Norm, Norm is from like the Christopher Guest films. So oh, oh, Guffman, yeah. all, every single one you've seen, you know, he's Corky, Corky. Oh, know, fantastic! That's Hitch, yeah. Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like in Rich Tallarico, who's a legendary writer as well and, and, and improviser. So, yeah, it was a, it was a great, very competitive um, and fun place to work. It was probably, I mean, there's some crazy stories, I suppose. I mean, without the time crunch yeah, of, of SNL, you know. Yeah, you don't, have a, you don't have a live show every week. Yeah. No, it, you still have, it's still a lot. I'll tell you the thing I learned on Mad TV a lot. It was really my first TV job. And um, it really taught me two things. One, 
There's no such thing as writer's block. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So because you can't have that. You can't have that at Mad TV. <laughs> you can't have it really at any any writing job, in television job, because, you know, you have to produce. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be there and you have to produce. And on Mad TV, it was very apparent who was getting sh- sketches on and who wasn't and who was getting things in the pack, which is the big table read every week, which is sort of the, the big um, ritual every week is this table read and everyone sweats it out. And, um, you know, you just have to get in there and work. And so it just taught me to sit down and, and, and figure out how to be funny right now and when I need to be. And it also taught I'm me... I'm so glad you yeah. don't put that pressure on us, Paul. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> Thank that. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> he should. He should meet uh, him. Wait, what? You guys need a table read. Don't man. listen to him. <laughs> we honestly have never read these yeah, before we, don't we read, read about these. it. It's hilarious. Clearly. I think the other thing I learned in there was like anything could be funny. Like, I mean, you would just scour the, the web... Whatever's happening in pop culture, Mab was a very pop culture driven mm-hmm. show. Lots of impressions and stuff like that, and um, so you were writing for people's impressions. You had that that backlog of stuff. You knew Nicole Parker, who's you know big Broadway singer now. Um, she hadn't done Wicked yet then, but she was. You know, you know Nicole. We can get her to sing. Well, should we do something where Nicole sings? You know, mm-hmm. is there a way that uh, you know she could she could sing in this thing and do a parody or song parody or something? So you know, it taught you just like to be not precious about it. You just had to make funny now out of anything. You know, cool. it's a great job. Love That's it. Cool. I miss it. It's coming back. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Now, when you say it was very pop culture, I found it to be very. Uh, pop culture but not current events what i enjoyed not about current events what yeah. i loved about mad tv mm-hmm. is that they didn't always do political topical no. current no. event jokes. that was not the yeah. bailiwick of the show i loved it. yeah <laughs> yeah um not really and 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 for a lot of reasons um we weren't as you mentioned you know we weren't live mm-hmm. and the news is so like ephemeral you know it just yeah. changes so quickly so although we did some stuff you know um we were on I think the last year we were the mccain obama thing and so we run quite a few political things but like you know SNL always wins that so mm-hmm. it's really not mm-hmm. you know like you say it was like I say current events I mean it could be anything pop culture like impressions songs what's hot right now what's going on what shows can we parody there's tons of parodies the Dolomite I don't know if you had any anything to do with Dolomite a little before my time was that Phil Lamar? Oh my! Go, uh, Will Sasso, Phil Lamar. Oh, they do a Dolomite and, uh, parody. Ari Spears does Aerie Spears. an amazing Dolomite. <laughs> Topical. Yes. Oh my! Rudy goodness. Ray Moore. Yeah, yeah. The parodies were a blast to write. Oh, that's there. amazing. My favorite one. I don't even know if you can find it. All, that's what's great about Mad TV is like you can almost find all these sketches. But I don't even know if this one's on. But it was we we wrote a spring break CNN covering spring break, and this is just after CNN started using. The big wonder magical wall, you know, and they would be zooming in on things. They just that they just got that technology, and we'd just come out of the election, and we and the, the sketch idea was like, we got all this shit, we can't slow down, election's over, what are we gonna do? And then suddenly it's Wolf Blitzer's Situation Room covering Spring Break, and it's all your very serious reporters out having to cover like Tia Tequila was in it. Oh, that's I mean, awesome. I think we had Christian Amanpour. <laughs> no, maybe it was Candy Candy Crowley having to interview Tia Tequila. <laughs> and, and we shot it down at the beach, which is another great thing about Madge. You'd actually go out and shoot these things. And it was just a joy. I'm like, this is the best. You know, <laughs> stupid impressions, well, dumb ideas. A little prescient, too. It's really a matter of time for Candy Crowley's interviewing <laughs> Tia Tequila. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably already <laughs> happening. That was Lauren Pritchard, who was hilarious as Candy. She was amazing. Do you have a feature in you? All this TV writing? 
Do I have a feature in me? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I I would love to. Well, we wrote one. We wrote one. I don't even know why I should mention this, but I will. It doesn't, it doesn't matter because I want them to do something with it. So we wrote, <laughs> we wrote one, uh, Stephen and I, that was for Funny or Die who has making want to make films. Okay. And it was for Will Ferrell and Anna Gasteyer, who's our, our friend. And Anna does this character, September L. Davis, and it was a Broadway thing. So it was a little like when that Spider-Man Turn, Turn uh, Out the Dark yeah. came oh, out. Yeah. So people were getting hurt. And it was way over budget. It was this giant flatulent corporate musical, <laughs> and um, so that that it was. was Anna and Will playing like a, um, you know, like a, a Andrew Lloyd Webber and a Broadway diva, and they're down on their luck a little bit. They're former royalty, and they're down on their luck, and this is their last chance. And they get involved in this terrible musical, which is a musical retelling of the Death Wish, Jason Statham Death <sighs> Wish film. The film was called Death Wish with an exclamation point. And um, it's it, it's pretty fun. We had fun writing that, but it, we have not uh, gotten into the feature. We've been really busy with TV yeah, for the last. Yeah. Six is that a mock years. doc? Is it a mockumentary? It is a mockumentary. Oh, well, that's not, that's not a big so budget. <laughs> no, it was meant made. to be a small budget. Yeah, I could get made. Yeah, we just what happened is I Make think that with iPhones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen and I just kept getting. You know, uh, it, it's, movies take a long time. Yeah. Like TV's, yeah, like, yeah, There's exactly. like a real like instant gratification with TV, where like movies, like Friends, who are in the future world. Yeah. It's like, you know, how's how's your movie going? It's been five years. Yeah, it's going <laughs> yeah. good. Looking for my next payment, and you're like, Oof. ooh, yeah. ouch. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you what we ask every guest who okay. comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time, Uncle Buck. <laughs> oh, it's a great movie, but I Curly Sue, weird. <laughs> I, I'm gonna say my favorite movie. It's can I say can I can't say two? Sure, go ahead. Oh yeah. All right. So it's either the the Big Lebowski. Uh, all right. Which uh, I, all right. I, friendly I room for that. That's your favorite mm-hmm. and Truly your love. second favorite. See, my I second them. favorite movie. <laughs> and again, this is dumb, but I just these are these are the ones in my top list. Uh, would probably be uh, maybe like Caddyshack. Oh, very Jimmy good. Shack. Okay. Yes. 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 I love both those movies. I think they are both perfect. They are perfect. Let me, Absolutely perfect. Being that you're a Caddyshack and aficionado, let me bring yes, this to you. Please. Um, in a world where I could change that up a little, I'd go a little, a little bit less caddy. A little less caddy. A little less caddy. You're not as interested in the caddies. Not as much. No. You, you mean the, no, the Danny like caddy story? Yeah, the pregnancy, the all pregnancy that. Story. It's it gets in the way of you know yeah. the other people doing it's in the stuff. The way of Rodney Marie Chevy. Yeah, that's, that's there's some funny things in it though. I love the a Big Irish Family. That's pretty funny. When that's funny. Story. But right, you're right. We right. kind of get off to the left. A, a little bit of a bit. left turn in there. But Just it was saying. supposed to be a teen movie. They were supposed to be the reason for kids to go because it was in that big, uh, you Thank know, Porky's era of teen movies. Thank goodness that was cut down to what <laughs> oh, it is. That was so what it was supposed subversive. to be about. And then they realized everybody else is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. The adults in that movie are so yeah. funny. Yeah, Dangerfield. Oh, my gosh. It's Ted Knight, for God's sake. Ted Knight, for God's sake. To take those two, who would know they'd be a comedic dream team? Like Unbelievable. Right? By the way, I wish there had been more Rodney Dangerfield, Ted Knight films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to see, <laughs> <I wanna laughs> see, see Smales. Yes. And, uh, yes. I forget Rodney Dangerfield's character's name right now. Oh. But I would love to see them together in Dang. a buddy film. Doing yeah. anything, being cops, anything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was a height of his. Uh, it was so. Yeah, we didn't good. get enough Ted Knight. No, oh, we did not. No. Too close for comfort. I trade in a couple of seasons of that for another yeah, movie. Yeah, you can, you can, right? you can remove the last two yeah. seasons mm-hmm. of Too Close for Comfort. <laughs> oh. Monroe. 
Let's get on to our big finale uh, here. Karen's uh, look at the birthdays of those who make the movie. Uh, uh, Girls, kids, Karen. Karen's birthdays. <laughs> Celebrity birthdays. Can I can I enter her as Ted Knight? <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, at the birthday segment. We <laughs> <laughs> used to do Super Friends. Yes, we did. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Holy Justice. <laughs> Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to someone I did not know who this was, and I forced myself this week to do some learning. You learned a little something. I did, because I'd like to go through the movies that are opening and say, whose birthday is it that we can celebrate while they're celebrating the opening of their movies? So I went to Warcraft. And there's only one person in the whole movie? There's there's like one person, but um, there's an actor named Dominic Cooper. Oh. Uh He turns 38. we and know him you may know stuff. him, yes, yeah. and here's why. You know him as the father of my favorite superhero, Tony Stark. Oh, he's his dad in Captain America: The First Avenger. He's also his dad gotcha. in um, what was this canceled? Agent Carter. He played Howard Stark uh, yeah. in that he's, he's as well. He's uh, in Preacher. Yes, and he oh, also currently the is the lead in Preacher. Yeah. Oh. That's based on a comic, right, yeah. Adam? Yeah. Oh, Man. my God. Preacher. Now, there is a show that was never going to happen. <laughs> I will watch all of Preacher, and at no point will I go, this is happening? Like, that yeah. is not going to be a TV show. There was never an era no. where that would happen. Now, he, he also played a vampire hunter in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Crazy ass And. Now that's a movie that's underrated, bro. I agree. I love that movie. Yeah, you I did love the see book. that. Love the book that was, a, was amazing. That was based a on a Hold book. On a sec. Yeah, thank you, Karen. What? Yeah. Oh a, yeah. Wow. Oh, that's what? Seth Graham oh, Smith, and he's yeah. made a career out of it. He wrote one. Oh, yeah. One of the you'll love that book. Oh yeah. Oh, that's my, cool. Oh, you you can read it in a in a long yeah. uh, toilet. Oh, uh, my favorite kind of. <laughs> it's a breezy little missive. I wouldn't worry about. Based on sort of when Pride and Prejudice and Zombies became popular, that was like it became the era. Literature. I like the movie too. We're learning a little bit about Dominic, being that he's involved in a bunch of superhero stuff, but he also. Uh, he was banned from his musical London Musical Academy's Dramatic Arts final performance, which was a musical because he had no sense of timing or um, ability <laughs> to That'll sing. That kept me out of Juilliard. However, apparently it didn't keep, up, keep him out of the movie musical Mamma Mia. Really? They were like, bring him on. So he played the part of Sky and Mamma Mia. Wait, 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 wait. Who's Sky and Mamma Mia? The young boy that's going to marry the young girl, uh, really? Meryl Streep's daughter. You know, yeah. So oh that's God. the first I heard of him. So like, everybody out there who may think I can't sing, I can't dance, I'll never be in a movie musical. <laughs> no, you might be. Just go to Hollywood. I and don't have any talent. talent. Just be that handsome. That stop you. That no, shouldn't stop you. Don't let that stop you. No. So Dominic, happy birthday to you. I've learned something new about you. I feel so much better, and hopefully Warcraft goes well for you. I hope what so. does Abba stand for again? Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> also, uh, let's go to somebody we absolutely know. Let's wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Morgan Freeman. Yay. Morgan Freeman. He turns, are you ready for this? I'm, okay, before I oh, answer, fuck. I am going to say right. I, I, I suspect it's very old. It's very old. Because... In every scene in the trailer for uh, Now You See Me Too, yeah. he's sitting down. Oh. <laughs> There's no skin. He was on the electric company. And that's oh. a while ago. That's a while ago. He turns 79. Oh, wow. That's almost 80. That's Bernie wow. Sanders old. Jeez. But I want to be that 79. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, he wears like a big necklace everywhere he goes. Oh, he like just doesn't suddenly care. Just, Mr. T? No, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's, I'm glad it's, those have crossed over. It's got, it's got, kind of must have some sort of significance. <laughs> He's been getting confused for Mr. T all his life. But he just go but ahead. I'd love to get old enough where I'm like, you know what I'm gonna start doing, and I don't think anyone will say a nope. one damn thing about nope. it. Nope. I'm gonna wear a giant wooden necklace. <laughs> 
I'm going to walk and in and say something to me. I'm Morgan Freeman. <laughs> what are you going to do? It's kind of like that guy in Howard Stern. Yeah. He reminds me of him. Oh, um, Riley Martin. <laughs> just doing yeah. symbols. Just because he wants. He doesn't care. Other such things. Now, here's something kind of fun. Morgan Freeman turns 79, but he can play anywhere Easy. from a pimp to a convict, to a president, True. to God. True. It's covered it to, all. To Easy Reader to from easy the electric reader. company. Yes. So uh, he, of course, is a Now You See Me Too this week. But I put oh, together a little God. game where I'm going to tell you a character he played, and you just yell out what movie he played this in. We're going to start with a pimp. Okay. Street smart. That's right. How about a convict? Shawshank. 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 There we go. President. Deep impact. Deep, Deep impact. impact. Uh-huh. Vice President. Oh, oh. something's down. Something's fallen. Olympus has fallen. London has fallen. Oh, that's right. He's the chief of staff. I just love that he plays such great parts. Olympus has fallen. Uh, He has played God. And Bruce Almighty. And? Evan Almighty. Right. Principal. Stand by me. Oh, stand by me. Oh, yeah. Lean on me. Lean on me. Very close. A chauffeur. Stand near me. Stand near me. A chauffeur. A chauffeur. A chauffeur. A chauffeur. A chiffon. Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, yeah. Okay, now this one's a little more vague. He played a cop. Well. Seven. Seven. All right, good. A general. Robin Hood. Oh, no, no. In, uh, um. Yes. Uh, uh, it's a disease movie. Yeah, yeah. Outbreak. Outbreak. Oh, yeah. He played a doctor in two movies. One, I hope you don't know. Doctors in Love? Nope. Kiss the Girls. Oh, yeah. And Dolphin Tale 2. Oh, Dolphin Tale yes, 2. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> he, plays, he plays the credibility in almost oh, any movie he's, he's in. Is he, he has really played plays. Every, all these iconic, like, doctor in general. I just love it. And then he played a slave. Oh, in Glory. Glory. Amasad. No, he was a cop. He was the cop in Glory. Oh, he's not a cop. He's a soldier. A soldier. Yeah. Um, a former slave. Also, yeah. now, he's played a boxing coach in three different movies. Mm. Two, two you girl. won't know. Million, million dollar, dollar baby, and then the power of one, and also in Kiss the Girls. Oh. So yeah, I, I he was a doctor, and he also trained someone how to punch people. Apparently, if anyone can do it, it's him. <laughs> and he also, I wanted to mention, he was in the Electric Company as Easy nice. Reader. Yeah. He said that it was his idea to do the Electric Company when he was first starting out because you can get into wanting to make money. It's a golden handcuff. You can relate to this, Brian. Oh, no. It gets a lot of people, including soap opera actors and commercial actors. Then they don't want to see you in serious work anymore. Other people don't cast you. That was me. Having people come up to me and say, hey, my kids love you. That's where you draw the line. I was there three years too long. Wow. That's fascinating. Golden handcuffs, guys. Back then, up until maybe 10 years ago, if you were in TV, no movies for you. No. And if you were in movies, don't you dare do TV. Oh, how how dare you slum it. (laughs) But, um, Bart, you know how much I love when celebrities sing. This is true, Brian. This probably happens to you all the time. Uh, People come up to you on the street and they say, tell me two interesting things about that Karen Volpe. The first (laughs) thing I tell them is that Karen is the reason most nerds leave the dark, comfortable (laughs) confines of their basement. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, That's right. For the Roubaix's. I right. tell them uh, Karen loves when celebrities sing. Yes, you're Aww. right, Bart. I do love when they sing. And this one is pretty sassy. I love it because little Morgan Freeman is going to sing us some easy reader from the electric <laughs> nice. company. Right now. He's going to teach us the sh sound in sh sh nice. sunshine. Sh sh sunshine. Sh sh sunshine. Wow. Shoo, shoo, sunshine, don't shine on me no more. There is something sexy about his shoo, shoo, sunshine. Yeah. 
That's what they were going for, I think. Shutting down the day now. That's nice. That's awesome. That is good stuff. Plus that and with that, we wrap up another movie showcast. Together we are the movie guys. Individually we are. Still Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys, <laughs> Facebook.com slash the movie guys, iTunes, Instagram, Google Plus, all that stuff. And thank you once again and always to our new listeners on WRFA 107.9 in Jamestown, New York. Please come back every Monday night at 8 p.m. Thanks to Brian Bradley. Yay, yeah, Brian, thanks for having me. So good to hear. Uncle Buck, 9 p.m. Yeah. Tuesday, June 14th. Don't miss two it. Two shows. Be there. That's right. And two shows every Tuesday. For every Tuesday. Three weeks after that. Yes. Uh, can people follow you on social? They can find me at uh, Captain TBD at yeah. uh, on Instagram. All right. And Brian D. Bradley on Twitter. Right on. And that's it. All right. That's it. Don't follow him anywhere else. No, Not no, in the Vons. And don't else. follow him on the sidewalk. No. No. Makes him very nervous. No. Stay away from me. Let <laughs> him park his car wherever he wants. Yeah. I mean, you, if you tell me to move it, I will, but I'm, I'm going to be mad about it. I'm yeah. going to talk about behind your back. Also, thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And as ever, we owe everything to, to Pat, Pat Peach. Peach. And remember, you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. With new, a bright new look. Design, yes. Yeah. Go check it out. Something for everyone next week is we get a new Pixar movie Yay! Finding Dory so I'm happy oh yay and friend of the show Ike Barinholtz continues his summer of Ike as we call it. <laughs> crazy right he was in Good Angry Birds yep. he was in Sorority or, Neighbors 2 uh, Neighbors 2 yep. uh, he will be in Suicide Squad he will Squad. be in Suicide Squad and what is he in next, next week next week his script Central Intelligence yes. yeah. Yeah. Right. Good uh, for him. with Dwayne know, Johnson right? and Kevin Hart so we will see you then yeah. can't be stopped okay that rehearsal was a little dead Brian so if we can Amp it up for the real thing. For the love of Mike. <laughs>